Hello, I'm John Eldridge, and welcome to the Ransomed Heart audio podcast. For more information on Ransomed Heart Ministries, our resources and events, please visit us online at www.ransomedheart.com. Welcome. This is Craig McConnell. I want to welcome you to the Ransomed Heart podcast. It's a special day today indeed. I'm in our studio here at Ransomed Heart with uh, one of our staff and team members, uh, Alan Arnold. Alan, one of the reasons I thought it'd be great for us just to chat and share some conversation is I read a blog post that you wrote titled, Why God Invites You to Write. And it was just so encouraging to me. And I found myself the breath of God breathed into me in life and hope and some clarity and just my own meager aspirations to to write. And um, one of the things you say in the, this blog that really got my attention at the end of your post was, God's primary desire is not that we write about him or even for him. It's that we write with him. And just your comments and pointing the readers of this blog to writing's a process that's primarily all about just in creative intimacy with God. It was just really, yes. really a great blog and some great ideas there, Alan. Well, thanks. To me, the heart of a writer is just something I'm drawn to. And I had the privilege of working with over 500 writers in a career in publishing, and it's so rare that you see a writer who's writing about God, for God, but yeah, usually they miss the most intimate invitation of all, which is, how do I create with him? How do I not just spend time hitting a deadline for a manuscript that's due, even if it's good material, good information, a good story? But how do I go beyond that in the process itself and actually create with God? And that really changes everything, and yet it feels like a lost art, something the enemy has stolen. Yeah, you say in this blog that where's the desire to write come from? And you point so clearly to that desire that we have to write is coming from God. And it's not another story God needs. Right. It's may not necessarily be God providing a means of income. That desire to write is ultimately a desire for intimacy with God. Right. Yeah, it's, you know, that's one thing when you sit down with really high creatives, whether it's an artist or a storyteller or a songwriter, um, oftentimes the project becomes not necessarily at first an idol, but it becomes this thing they're driven to do. And um, they get so driven in doing it that oftentimes the joy and the initial invitation from God for that creative work, whatever it may be, gets forgotten and set aside. And it's like a kid who is in a room with their dad. You know, this, this analogy is in your mind, just picture a kid in a corner of a room with like hundreds and hundreds of Lego blocks building and building and building and building. And the dad sitting there nearby saying, hey, son, you know, let's do this together. I'd love to build with you. I'd love to create with you. 
And the kid just keeps facing the corner, building, 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 wanting to please the dad maybe or do it to give to the dad. And the main thing the dad really wants is that time, that time doing it together. Hmm. Yeah. So, Helen, when we're talking about storytellers and writers and creative types, it sounds like we're talking about a very exclusive, narrow band of people. No, 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 not at all. It actually, in the scope of our conversation, everybody who is listening, who's had an awakened heart, loves story. And so it may come out in different ways, graphic novels, songs that tell a story, movies, novels, biographies. But all of us are storytellers on a certain level. When people say, how was your day? We tell them a story. We gravitate towards story because God is a storyteller. God's creation is story. And so, Craig, what we're going to talk about today, yes, there are a specific group of people who by their calling are creative and are songwriters or storytellers. But honestly, I hope this awakens just a desire in every listener because story is woven into our lives in infinite ways. And the more we know about our own story, the more we can appreciate the stories of others and the stories we enter into. Yeah. So everyone is a storyteller. Everyone. Hmm. If you're following Christ and you're a creative, artistic, gifted storyteller, painter, writer, songwriter, eyes up, eyes open, because things are going to be happening around you that you need to be not only aware of, but actively entering into and fighting against. What's that look like? The enemy stealing life from the creator, thwarting. What do you see or have you seen as one of the obstacles he throws in front of creative types? Well, I think the first is a lie. That is, you're alone. Hmm. And the thing is, that feels really true on a lot of levels because most creatives create in isolation. If you're composing a song, if you're painting, if you're writing a chapter, most of the time you do that by yourself. And if you have a full-time occupation in a creative enterprise like that, most of your days are spent by yourself. And so there is a sense of aloneness and isolation with many, many, many writers, most writers. And they are more familiar with characters that are being created in the dialogue and the interaction there than anything in their own life because their best hours are spent creating. So how the enemy attacks, I think, is one is a sense of isolation and aloneness. And that long term can be really devastating. It can dry you up creatively, but it can also spiritually just be numbing. And that's one reason I really want the creatives to understand, yes, you may be alone in a room when you're writing, but you're not alone in your creativity. You're doing it with him. And once that light comes on, it's a changed perspective of, well, if God and I are doing this together, I'm really not alone. And in fact, I'm actually watching and waiting on him and there's inspiration and It's not just a prayer at the beginning that says, God Mm -hmm. bless this work. It's, come on, let's do this together. Hmm. Let's create together. And so it's an expectancy that comes in that really countenances change. You walk into the day differently. 
You see what you achieved that day differently. You see what the point of the whole thing is differently. You know, Craig, I've told writers, if you want to know if you're doing this very well, there's several ways. But one way is, could you, if you were writing a novel and it takes you five, six months and it's 100,000 words, which is about the normal length of a full-size novel, could you, if you're writing that with God, at the end of it, be totally fine if God said, that is awesome. Now put it in a drawer. Oh. That, that was just between you and me. <laughs> and that was for us. But it's not to be published. But it was something that we were on the playground together for six months doing this. And it was an act of intimacy. And I love it. It's a great story. It's ours. It's just for us. Mm. Put it in the drawer. If you can do that and do it with a smile and think – we just spent 100,000 words together. Hmm. Well, then you're there. That's one good test. But if it's, well, I really want to see what other people think about it, that's understandable. But that's the pull to others and approval and validation when it really starts with, can you just cherish it in your heart? Like Mary cherished in her heart what she heard from the angel. Can you cherish that in your heart because it was for you and God? Now then... From there, let him do everything he wants to with it. Yes. And most of the time, he's not going to tell you, just put it in a drawer or just hide it. Yeah. But if he did, you know, would that be okay? Yeah. And if you're really there just to savor the time first in the intimacy with God, it is okay. Yeah. That's, that is both so disruptive to me, yet it sounds so true that much of a poet's work, no one sees. Right. You know, there's art pieces, there's stories told, there's things that we do. And there was something wonderful and beautiful in uh, this creative communion with God. And and it was just for you and God. I mean, that one I go, ah, you know, that sounds so free and that sounds so intimate, something I would long to be true of me. And the other part, you go, no, I really want this out there. You know, I'm doing this for a reason. Right. I mean, I'm thinking, Ransom Hart, we've got a lot of creative types, a lot of men and women who, through different venues, are expressing their creativity and their love for God. And a lot of our allies and friends have blogs. And I read their blogs, and I can just feel their longing to speak and to bring something to the table and it just breaks my heart sometimes with some of them. There, There's no comments. There's no replies. Right. There's right. probably no response. And yet there's something that feels so true and passionate and alone, you know, with some of our blog writer friends and stuff. And I'm just thinking, what do you say, Alan? What's the word you want to say to those listening who are poets and artists and blog writers and just have this yearning. I mean, at this point in our conversation, what is it you want to say to them? I want to give them encouragement. And the encouragement is when God stirs this in your heart. And by the way, most people who have an awakened heart, I found that's when the arts, that's when creativity blossoms. Before that, it's more falling into chaos and dismantling of things, critiquing things. 
when your heart is fully alive, I think that does draw you closer to the creator and you want to create. So one is be encouraged by that. If God's stirring that in you, it is often the sign of an, an awakened heart that is bursting with this creative energy. It's hmm. good. And two, be expectant. Don't approach it with all these expectations, but be expectant in that God is inviting you into intimacy with him in the creative process. And that will happen every time, no matter whether you have comments on your website about a blog post or whether somebody is interested in the story you've written or the song. Be expectant because when God's stirring that in you, he's doing it first as a chance for the two of you to be intimate. He could have called you into any endeavor. He's called you into this. So enjoy and savor that time with him and let that be enough, but then see what he does with it from there Mm. because there's a reason. One of the things John has written about and said is is just how how, um, story moves us and how much Christ taught through story, parables, and so on. Why are we drawn to story? more than we are the didactic to the the teaching. What is it about story that just lures us in? And Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's primarily that God chose to create the universe through story and with story. And so even though, like, a lot of times you'll hear people say, you know, you were talking about Jesus and the parables. Jesus certainly used story. And it did it in a very creative way. I think, though, if you go back further and deeper into the beginning of everything, when God began the world, the planets, the stars, life, it was through story. And so at the heart of everything, God is a magnificent storyteller, and he's made us part of a story. And I think story is woven into our hearts. And so... We can't help but be drawn to story, and that's very different than teaching. And so in publishing, used to hear a writer say, well, the reason I want to write this novel is because I want to teach a lesson. I would always stop the conversation and say, no, that's going to be a terrible story. Don't do that. <laughs> if you want to teach, write nonfiction, preach a sermon, write a blog post. But if you want to write a story, make sure it's because story is moving you and the characters and the rhythm and the flow and just the adventure is coming out because that's what makes a great story. A story at its heart is not meant just to teach. It's meant to transform. And I think that's what you see in cultures everywhere, that most of the great movements were preceded by poets, songwriters, storytellers, in those communities, in those villages, in those places, in the prisons, where things change the heart, touch the heart, spark something in the heart long before it becomes a movement or a new law. And so I think we're always drawn to story. And some of us are storytellers, and others are just lovers of story. But I think for 100% of the people listening, They either have that desire to create or they can readily think of their favorite movies or 
shows or novels or paintings or songs that were milestones in changing how they saw life or inspiring them to do something greater. Or, you know, what story am I living? What's the story of my life? You know, it helps us interpret and understand ourselves in some larger story as well, right? Absolutely. And, you know, you can't write a better story than you're living. That's a key belief I have. And so Hmm. the unexamined life does not make a great storyteller (laughs) because they don't even understand their own rhythms and their effect on others and how things play off each other. And so you really can't write a better story than you're living. It usually begins to me with the storyteller before their heart can be fully awakened is let's go back into the story of your story. Do you know your story? Do you know when God first called you with this desire to write? Do you see how the rhythms of your life have been as part of a story? And you're not always the hero of your own story. Oftentimes, you need to reframe and see God as the hero of your story. And yes, you're in the story. And yes, you co-write parts of it together, as Dan Allender says. But ultimately, your life is a story. And once you start to see that and see your role and see how things have come against you and see how God's rescued you, then that all puts together a larger view of who God is in your story and who you can be as a storyteller. You know, prior to that, I think that unexamined life leads to very shallow stories and very simple acts of creativity. Hmm. So my storyline of a tall, lanky, orphan galactic warrior who (laughs) fights for the kingdom of light victoriously would be a reflection of a self-reflective and accurate understanding of my internal world. Well, it could be. It could be. Or it could just be an introduction to another story. (laughs) But yeah, absolutely, it's what stirs you. And I don't know about you, Craig, but... I was talking to a good friend recently, and he told me, as I shared some of my past with him, early childhood, some things that happened, and I began writing short stories, and I'm talking, you know, six, seven pages, stories when I was in ninth, tenth grade. And as he was reading those, I was sharing it with him. He said, you know, these stories saved your life because what you were going through, God actually used story for you as an outlet for these questions you had for what was happening around you and family life. And so I think not only does story shape us, but I think oftentimes God uses story to rescue us by showing us deeper truths than any nonfiction or any theological statement could make. It's okay in the story. Now I see who I'm becoming. Now I see what I long for. And the things I wrote in those short stories, if somebody had handed me a journal and said, just journal some of your thoughts on God, I didn't even know enough about my relationship with God. I didn't understand what I was missing from parents, what my heart was longing for. I couldn't have written one word. But through a short story, you look at it and you see, oh, wow, there's themes in here of longing and forgiveness Mm. and desire that had no other way to come out Mm. except through story. And it's the most true statements of my childhood Mm. 
than anything else I said or wrote during that time. And it was story. Yeah. You know, one of my playlists is titled Stories. Wow. I have music that is written and it's telling some vivid, beautiful story. It's probably my most frequently listened to playlist. I love it when I'm home alone. Usually it's in the evening, got the headphones on, and I just listen to these songs that tell a story. And there's just something about story that inspires, encourages, identify with. That's probably why I like history, too. Mm. When it's yeah. well told, when it's told as yeah. narrative, is it helps bring definition and life. And yes. so I'm, I'm agreeing with you. Well, there must be something in those songs on your playlist that specifically resonate with your heart. Yeah. I mean, that caused you to choose those songs. And I'm sure with the listeners, the same thing, you know, and and that's something to probe into. I've heard some people say, you know, I'm just, I'm not really into story. I'm not really into, well, what they may mean is I don't read novels, but then they're watching a movie later that day and their eyes tear up and they're not quite yeah. sure why, or that song comes yeah. on. And yeah. so those are areas for, I think, listeners and for all of us to to probe deeper into, okay, what is that story Knowing that God's created the universe full of story, we are part of the story. What is that story or that song pulling up in us? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love biographies. For some reason, Alan, I'm not a fiction guy, but Uh I love biographies. And a well-told biography, you know, learn from another man's mistakes and successes. Right. Well, and those are some of the best stories of all. And. You know, it doesn't have to be fiction to be a great story. And so a well-told story around a campfire or through an autobiography, absolutely. I think what we see in those traits and in those events in somebody's lives, those stories resonate with us. I don't think fiction or nonfiction is what defines story. Mm -hmm. And so those are just two different types of stories. But I think a great story transcends ultimately whether it was a person in history or whether it was something that God inspired a person to write. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter if it's the category in fiction, there's romance and sci-fi and historical and even Amish fiction. And you can get into um, paranormal and no matter what type of story. Turtle stories. (laughs) Is that a category (laughs) for preschoolers? Yes. But before I left the publishing industry, there actually was an Amish vampire novel and it didn't work understandably but great stories can be in any genre can be on any part of the bookshelf in a bookstore online and yes it will stir your heart if it's the themes that god is working with you on describe a good storyteller well a good storyteller i think i believe has to have an awakened heart meaning everybody has a worldview and I didn't understand this when I was a young young teen, and it didn't dawn on me till I was in my 20s that when I'm watching a movie or reading a novel or hearing a song, every one of those people who write or sing have a worldview, and that comes out in the song or the story. And so it's looking behind the story sometimes to go, first of all, what is the worldview of the person who is actually who I'm letting into my mind and into my heart? I think a good storyteller needs to have an awakened sense of who they are, an awakened heart. And I think a writer has to know what his worldview is 
And you have to know as a reader what that is, because otherwise a lot of things can happen in the process of trying to be entertained or trying to understand who you are. And so a great storyteller, I think, has an awakened heart, has a worldview that aligns with who God is. I think that a great storyteller also knows how to entertain, because ultimately, whether it's a biography or whether it's a novel or a song, there has to be an element of causing the reader to smile or to cry or to sit on the edge of their seat as the cliffhanger happens, you know, at the end of a chapter or a movie. And so, again, it's not wanting to teach. I think a great storyteller, teaching is probably at the bottom of the list. It's entertaining and it's chasing a God's worldview of life, which is hungry for, you know, how do I tell a story in a way that even if God's name isn't mentioned, it still reflects God's view of life. Hmm. Craig, one quick just story on that. Uh-huh. I was with a writer and a good friend. The writer was talking about a deadline. Hmm. I've got 30 days to get this thing done. And man, this sucks. And I'm stressed and I'm burnt out and I'm tense and I can't ask for another deadline or another extension. I'm just hating it. And we sat there for a minute and I know this man well enough. And I just said, I got to tell you, I don't want to read your book. I don't want to read what comes out of that because there's absolutely as godly of a man as you are, there's nothing there that speaks of life. So don't write that. Just cancel it or do something, but don't give birth in a situation that's so volatile and stressful and that you don't even sense life happening. You're not going to create life. That will not be a book that stands the test of time or a piece of art that stands the test oh, of time. That's good. Okay. So if you were to listen to my playlist. Right. And if you were to look at the books I've read on my shelf, you know. Right. Unbroken, Lone Survivor, the biography of Thomas Jefferson, trying to upgrade the quality of the books here. <laughs> what do what do the stories we love reveal about us? What do they tell you? Oh gosh. They oftentimes tell you what in life that you long for, what you hope to be. What you oftentimes missed out on is a, you know, great adventure stories. I think a lot of men are drawn to those. And part of it is they never really had true adventure growing up. Women, a lot of times are drawn to romances because they don't feel that maybe God wants to romance them. And they, they've never had a husband or a boyfriend who have loved them. Or father. Or father. And so a lot of times, yeah, I think it's a longing for more of something they didn't have. Sometimes it is a sense of admiration of, wow, I want to be like that man. The the heroic acts they did, lone survivor, um, mm-hmm. a greater battle, a greater cause to go into stirs a person's heart. I think that's why younger boys read comics and superheroes is mm-hmm. I want to be powerful and heroic, you know, so sometimes it's that. I think the worst reason to go into a story, though, is escapism, Hmm. because I don't think God calls us to escape mentally, to check out, to, you know, live in this fantasy world. 
So I think the danger of great story is you can become passive, check out, try to get godly desires filled through other people's lives and Mm -hmm. stories. That's kind of the downside. But the upside to those things, if you're doing it in a healed and holy way, is it reveals a lot of who you want to be, maybe what you didn't receive in younger days. And it's a great way to kind of get a read on where your heart is. But the question is, I think, how do you redeem story both in your own life with the events that have happened and as an artist or a consumer of stories? How do you focus on redeeming stories that bring life? Mm, That's good, Al. That's really good. Well, listen, storytellers, creative types, writers, and those who just have hearts so full you want to share, we appreciate and thank you for being a part of this podcast and we've been with Alan Arnold who's the director of content here at Ransom Heart and it's just been a gift to us and this is Craig McConnell and we want to simply say if you want more of what we've got go to ransomheart.com love you man take care thanks Craig